You're listening to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Benny Jones for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome. Welcome to another big edition of Off the Bench. Benny Jones is my name. I am joined, as always, uh, by the great man, former NRL Premiership star with the Penrith Panthers. I think we're going to talk about his former club, one of his former clubs, very, very soon. Scotty Sattler Sats, what a great start to round nine. Uh, a crazy finish to last night's game, which we'll discuss a little later on in the program. It was uh, very controversial. Uh, the penalty count against the Bulldogs, I think it was 8-2 or 8-3, Benny. Um, still the Bulldogs not quite there at the moment. Very frustrating to watch. Dean Pay again, very frustrated at his side and mm. has made the comment that it looks as though we're not meant to win. Yep. Uh, but we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Very uh, controversial, as I said. But I, I thought the referees got some of the calls right. But one of them in particular was was a howler. And the one uh, that uh, decided the game, I'm really interested in your thoughts on that. Of course, the uh, the obstruction or the, uh, the the penalty that was given away uh, by Moses Mbai in the uh, last minute or so of play, which uh, resulted in, of course, the penalty goal and uh, the Broncos getting an important win. Uh, we're going to do that shortly. We're going to catch up with Daniel McBreen from Football Nation, A-League Grand Final this weekend. We'll get his thoughts on that game. The Newcastle Jets take on the Melbourne victory. We've got a great debate uh, surrounding the Manly Seagulls. There's been plenty of debate around that football club in recent times, so we'll talk about that soon as well. And another big addition of the driver's seat, we'll uh, find out who the boys have been catching up with to talk all things motorsport. We're here for Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power, first choice liquor as well. And let's get into it as we preview what should be a cracking night of football, and we're doing it thanks to 7-Eleven. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yes, thanks to the guys at 7-Eleven. Revive with their freshly ground dollar coffee. That's all it'll cost you is just $1. Hey, getting underway shortly, uh, Sats. Uh, intriguing game. Big game for both clubs. Panthers to further outline what some are suggesting are their premiership credentials and for their opponents, the North Queensland Cowboys. Well, is it as black and white as to say that they're playing for their season tonight? Well, we probably keep saying that for the next probably two or three weeks. So The, the Cowboys are a side, Benny, that after Origin... They've got the, the cattle and the talent in their side and the experience to go on an eight- or nine-game winning streak, but it's the way they're playing that is really concerning us. I spoke about this last week, and yes, their regular season form has been poor this year. There, They've won two from eight games. Okay, So they're two and six at the moment, sitting down the bottom of the competition ladder. I think they'll miss the eight. Uh, which is an absolute travesty for a team of that nature. Regardless of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, I, I think I missed the eight. How, how is that? I mean, actually, you did come up with a good stat. I've got to say, through the week, and everyone probably remembers that last month of football yes. they put together, which was simply stunning uh, on the back of Michael Morgan and obviously without Jonathan Thurston. They, uh, they surprised everyone on the way through to the grand final, but you actually had some statistics that showed that, well, actually, if, if, if we take it back about another five or six weeks... Their lead-in form to the finals, where they literally scraped in, fell in, were, were given that eighth spot, was was really poor. They've won four from the last 15 games yeah. in the regular season. So it dates back to about round 19, round 20 last year, where they were playing abysmal rugby league. And as you said, you know the Dragons absolutely shited themselves in the last round of the <laughs> yeah, competition to allow the Cowboys to, like you say, fall into the finals. And then when you get into the finals... 
and you get given a second life. Yep. It's you know sometimes if you play really hard rugby league and you get into the finals just through hard work and determination from three or four weeks out, usually you burn yourself out and mm. you, you get bundled out in week one. When you get a second chance, when you're sitting on the sitting at some local beer garden having a beer, <laughs> they were Mad too, Mondays right. the next yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. You all of a sudden go, hang on a sec, I've got a new lease of life. Yeah. You've got this adrenaline that's running A bit of freedom, through. you play with a bit of yeah. freedom. Yeah, no one expecting you to do anything. Which is now the, the exact opposite because coming into round one, Absolutely. so much expectation. They were premiership, walk-up starts for a grand final again. Thurston back, Scott back, uh, obviously getting Jordan McLean coming over. That was another great acquisition. Taumalolo to go from strength to strength. And then you've got those other players around them, Granvilles and, and Morgans, that were just going to go to a new level. But that expectation, it, it seems to have worn pretty heavily on them. I think that Paul Green is getting to the stage now where he's got to, he's got to be almost Ricky Stewart-like and he needs to sacrifice a few big lambs yeah. to send a message to the rest of the group and also give the ability to maybe blood some younger players that are not going to be experienced, that, that may make a few mistakes, but they'll do them at speed and it's something they're lacking at the moment. They're lacking speed and yeah. they need something out wide. And I think he needs to maybe sacrifice a few. Their opponents, the Panthers, are going to focus in on them shortly. But just quickly, this game in Bathurst, which yeah. is, you know, again, one of the great things the NRL do, even through the regular well, we season. We saw Tamworth a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic, fantastic uh, response from from those local fans that are oh, probably starved of this type of calibre of football. Yep. So I'm sure there'll be no different tonight. They'll be out in full force. Does that does that have a bearing on, on the way you see this game unfolding before we discuss the Panthers and their great start to the season? The fact it's whether you call it neutral venue, it's it's much closer to Penrith than it is to North Queensland. Well, it works in favour of Penrith. Uh, they beat the Canberra Raiders on full time, scored two tries in two minutes last year out at Bathurst. Yep. They've got this strong connection with the Blue Mountains and the Bathurst area, all mm. those the regions. It's part of their grassroots, the Panthers. So it definitely works in favour of Penrith. They've been taking trials and regular season games out there for years. You know, my first game for Penrith in 1999 was at Carrington Park was it really? at Bathurst. Okay. You know, so they've been yep. taking games out there for years. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous rugby league town. And this Panthers side, they're priming themselves beautifully because yep. they're winning games while players are injured. Yeah, you know, they got they got. Uh, um, of course, Dylan Edwards is, is going to be out for the rest of the season for starting this week. Uh, Wanga Blake's out. Of course, Nathan Cleary mm-hmm. has been out for the last few weeks as well. So while you win games and you get games in the bank over those those periods where you have got players yep. that are injured. Just holds you in great stead for the back half of the season. Knowing when a few of those might return. And their forward pack has been superb and a real uh, key contributor to where they are right now. Currently sitting second, six wins, two losses, and a chance to go top of the table mm. tonight if they uh, they win and win well. Uh, Nathan Cleary, one of those players you mentioned, uh, Sats, uh, he's due back in a couple of weeks' time. They're seemingly going quite nicely without him. That's not to say that they wouldn't be a better side with him, but... For the dynamic and how that will change things, what do you expect that to do the Penrith Panthers when Cleary does eventually return? Well, James Maloney has moved to halfback and is captain last week as well uh, in the absence of Peter Wallace. And he's just he's controlling that team beautifully. Success Where, follows him around. Well, exactly. You know, he, <laughs> he, he outstays his welcomes as well yeah. because he is – and I don't know James Maloney and I think I would have liked James Maloney because he's a cheeky <laughs> – he's one of those guys you just can't help but love. Um, but – he gets under the skin of the opposition, but he gets under the skin of his own teammates yep. as well because he wants perfection. Yep. And uh, you're right, success is just follows him. And the way that he's handling this team is can be likened to the way that Michael Morgan controlled that Cowboys team last year. Then 
Jonathan Thurston comes back, and does Michael Morgan just unconsciously take a little bit of a step back, mm. thinking that he, he shouldn't be as dominant as what he was last year? Uh, it won't happen in this occasion with the comparisons because James Maloney is a leader. We saw how this this, this combination started at the start of the year. It was, it was beautiful where Cleary ran the team and Maloney just worried about running. And that's that's what his, his asset is. So um, I expect Nathan Cleary to come back in and just settle his way back into the side. Yep. But he'll take control again, Nathan Cleary. He's one of those silent assassins, Nathan Cleary. He doesn't say much off the field, but from all accounts, when he says something on the field, everyone just listens and everyone just follows. But the biggest question for Nathan Cleary is if he gets back, they look like he looks like he's going to be back in three weeks, which is well ahead of schedule. And will that give him enough time to get one game under his belt Origins in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Will that give him enough games under his belt? One game. Can he convince selectors that he should be selected? I think he'll miss out. Yep. I think if New South Wales lose the first Origin, I think he may get brought back in. Mm. But I think his teammate Maloney will wear the number seven jersey. Yeah, because after a month of the season, he was basically a lock, wasn't he, Nathan Cleary? The yeah. form that he uh, was showcasing in that first month of the season. But that injury, they're never good timing, but his was particularly bad. Uh, five from seven, they've won at the venue. Uh, yeah. Your debut game, was that a winning one? A win, you, yep. yep. So there you go. So it's a happy hunting ground more often than not. Overall, uh, and of course, a win tonight will only uh, further their claims that they are a genuine premiership threat. Of course, you've been there, done that with Penrith, enjoying the ultimate success. Sats, do you, do you see something special on the horizon for them this season? Yeah, I, I see them shaping. My biggest concern, and you've you've always heard my concerns about Penrith in years gone by, I just think they've been immature in the way that they handle big games and yep. big moments. And what I mean by that is they've had so many really good players that have come through their junior systems that have been superstars ever since they were 15. And they get to the NRL and they, they still want to live in that mentality, mm. whereas we know the NRL is about grafting and being composed and and not worrying about who gets the accolades, but doing the hard work to get the wins. And I don't think they've been in that mindset for a long time. And I think this year is the only year that started to convince me that they could genuinely win the competition. I think there's yeah, only right. four teams that can win the competition. Already? Yeah, I, I think the rest of the competition are, okay. are really just filling up spaces. Mm-hmm. And that is the Storm, the Dragons, the Penrith Panthers. And funnily enough, I I think the Warriors could win it. Okay. I think the Warriors could, I think the Roosters, there's something wrong with the Roosters, but we'll talk about them at a later date. It takes a lot for you to say that. I know you've been one of the harshest critics of the Warriors over the journey of the yeah. time I've known you, but with good reason. But there, there seems to be a different mindset, different, different yeah. application about that group this year. So there you go. Penrith Panthers, North Queensland Cowboys getting underway shortly at Carrington Park in Bathurst. And uh, may the locals enjoy that because it should be a, a really, really fun contest with uh, so much up for grabs for both sides. Up next, we'll get a Thursday night review happening. Uh, the Broncos-Bulldogs clash, which went right down to the wire at Suncorp Stadium. Our man Scotty Sattler was there. We'll get his tips too, Scotty's, for the uh, remainder of round nine. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Big start to the show. Huge weekend of footy awaits as round nine rolls on in the National Rugby League. Kubota. Their diesel generators are for serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. What a night at Suncorp. Scotty Sattler, you were there alongside Brenton Speed and your great mate Gary Belcher and Brent Tate as well to call the Broncos and the Bulldogs. I've got to say, I thought um, 
I thought that the Bulldogs were every chance. In fact, I had them as my tip until about 20 minutes before kickof <laughs> when I, I went a little soft. I said, nah, I've got to go with the home side, the Broncos. And I reckon about half an hour into this game, I was thinking, oh, what have I done? Because the Broncos were sloppy. Yep. The doggies started a little better and were putting points on the board. But, uh, of course, as we know, the game finished in dramatic circumstances. Take us through it. First and foremost, Andrew McCulloch, were you surprised to see him playing the miracle, man? He was meant to be out for four to six weeks. Yeah, tore a ligament in his elbow. And my nephew's done exactly the same injury. He was out for 10 weeks. Surgery, everything. Andrew McCulloch was out for one week. Mm. And I was speaking to Paul White, the Broncos CEO. Tremendous man. Before the game, I was saying, hey, Andrew McCulloch, what about that? That's just that's superhuman effort. Yep. He said... Sats, he said, every morning I go into the Broncos training facility and he said, I train at 5.30 in the morning before I put my suit on and go into the office. Mm. He said, I'd been there every morning. And he said, and here's, I'd hear this noise up the back corner of the gym. Here's Andrew McCulloch just working on something, yep. trying to get the blood flowing. So the injury, as we know, good blood helps heal injuries. Mm-hmm. Here he was just working his body to the point where he just wants to get his mind right to say that he's going to heal from this injury quicker than most. Yeah. To miss only one week and then come out last night and deliver the performance that he did was amazing. Yep. 40, I think he's 44 tackles. Uh, His service from dummy half was a little bit scratchy at times, which you expect it to be with a heavily strapped elbow, but... Amazing performance. Amazing. I saw some vision and, and, and heard from Mel Meninga, one of the toughest all-time great players that this game has ever seen. And he suffered a similar injury playing for the Kangaroos uh, in his playing days. And he said it was one of the most painful, excruciating injuries he suffered. And Mel suffered a few across his playing days. He, he was astounded yeah. that uh, that Andrew was out there playing. So what can you do but uh, dip your lid to him? And like you said, he was a key contributor to them winning the game in the end. Uh, what a start for Reese Martin for the Doggies, though, making his debut five minutes in, crosses the line and probably thinks, how bloody good's this game? How easy is the NRL? <laughs> Everyone's yeah. been banging yeah. on about how tough yeah, it is. They're full of it. Yeah, You've got to be relentless to play. Yeah, 25-year-old yep. making his debut. Which is a great Cairns. story in itself. Yeah. Yep. I think we're going to see a lot more of that now. The under-20s has been disbanded. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more mature age Debutants. Um, he's always been a really good player. He's a goal kicker as well, Reese Martin. A really funny build. Looks like an egg on legs. But he's, uh, he's a good player, <laughs> and I mean that with respect. But um, he's a really good player. Yeah, opened up the scoring. Yeah. Off a, a really good right side movement. Went down Will Hopawati's side, which they went most of the time, most of the night, trying to – they obviously saw a, a weakness in the Broncos' left-hand side defense, which is Corey Oates. Um, but they were great all night. But um, – yeah, Reese Martin, it's a, it's a great debut to score a try, but not only score a try, be a Cairns boy to yeah. score it at the home of Rugby League in Queensland, which is Suncorp Stadium. So well done. Really special moment for him. So 14-6 at the break, the Doggies were a deserving leader, at least how I saw the game unfold. And then I felt the earth shake a little bit uh, from my uh, palatial mansion on the Gold Coast there, Sats, and it was when Clemmer and Haas oh. came together. And now we know that the young man from Brisbane came off second best. He had the jelly legs and, of course, had to leave the field uh, for no further play. But, boy, talk about a couple of big boys coming together. It was you know, nothing untoward from, from Clemmer. Just a good hit. Just got the wrong spot. Shoulder under the... Uh, He's the old team. school, Dave Clemmer. Oh, yeah. He's real yeah. old school. I love him off the field as well. He's a, he's a tremendous kid. Um, but, yeah, both six foot five humans. Yeah. Uh, Payne Haas at 124 kilos. Had a great debut last week, but that was kind of a, a bit of a reality check in. Hey, well, this welcome is, to the big time, young this fella. Is, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> He'll this, bounce back. This is back in the in the back uh, backyard yep. of his of his home now, where mm. his family are, and and playing in front of his friends and family for the first time. And he's on there for two minutes, 
two minutes, and then uh, he, he's, he's, he kind of trips just before the tackle. He kind of trips, and he's, he's, he's got actually got a damaged ankle from yeah, it because right. his, his ankle, the surface at Suncorp was absolutely abhorrent well, last we'll get night. To that it was shortly. horrible. Yeah, absolutely. But his foot jammed into the ground. It sort of twisted, and as he falls, David Clemmer hits him with everything other than the, the kitchen sink. Mm. And, um, yeah, sent him into Disneyland. And you're exactly right. It was a welcome to first grade young man. And, and um, But Payne Hussey's oh, – I hope he doesn't miss too much rugby league. No. And I hope it doesn't shatter his confidence. And it, well, by all accounts, it won't. You know, he's a tremendous young man, apparently, and, and very mature for his age at 18 years of age. It's, um, but you, you love those classes. You, you love those yep. big players yep. coming. Uh, coming. We used to love it when Chief and, and Spud Carroll used to, to – Come into confrontation with each other. There's always you're always anticipating something. Has this sparked the new rivalry between a David Clemmer and a Payne could, Haas? Could do, and, yeah. and I get the impression, being such a young man and with such an imposing figure, I reckon Payne will be bringing a few of those yeah. of his own to the game in years to come. So that was a big moment early in the second half, and then there was a it moment, actually it actually turned the game in favour of the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right because the at that stage changed. the Broncos uh, who had scored through Alex Glenn early in that second half had the momentum, but then Will Hopawade makes a break, crossfield kick, Jack Bird's got it covered for all money. Feet go out from underneath him. And as you mentioned, the surface did come into play there. The Doggies regained the lead from that. The game was on a knife's edge at yeah. that stage. And you just thought, well, that's the turning point. The Dogs are going to record a huge win away from home. There was one more twist to come, but gee, poor old Jack Bird. When he slipped, he probably wished the earth had swallowed him up. Yeah, him. it was the peaks and troughs that you want as a fan watching that game. It was, you know, it was up both the, the, the lead changed hands only once. I think the Broncos only took the lead once throughout the game until the end of the, the yep. end result. But... Yeah, the surface horrible at at Suncorp, and it, it probably puts into context how bad the Bulldogs actually are going at the moment. They scored two tries. Yeah, Darius Boyd in their first try, he slips over, ball goes over the top of him. They pick it up, they run away, they score, <laughs> and then yeah, Jack Bird slips over, ball goes over the top of him. Matt Frawley picks it up, scores it under the goalpost. Yep. So they did. Yes, they created a try by making a really good incision down the right hand side with Will Hopawati. It was going to be cleaned up for all money by the Broncos, but on both occasions. But the surface just horrible, and I suppose it does, it re, the Broncos, sorry, the Bulldogs, they've got some big problems. And I had some grave doubts at the start of the year, Benny, when their coach Dean Pay came out and said, "We're going to be fitter than everyone else. We're going to be tougher than everyone else. We're going to be a family." Um, you need more than that in rugby mm. league these days, and unfortunately, they don't have the cattle to do it. And just as you thought maybe it was going to be the Bulldogs with that memorable victory, there were a couple more twists to come. Now, James Roberts, we know whenever you bring up his name, the first thing you think of is incredible leg speed. Mm. He is just, well, Jimmy the Jet, the nickname says it all. But I think what's sometimes underplayed is how intelligent and creative he is as a footballer. His run inside uh, to set up the equalising try or the try that would uh, bring the scores level was, was something from nothing. Players were... Pretty much at a standstill. He just put the afterburners on, created an opening, Brisbane go across. But then his his bomb kick, which ended up, and we'll get you to run through exactly what happened with Moses Mbai and Darius Boyd. Uh, again, uh, last tackle, just had to do something, create something. Good luck sitting under that. As you said, it wobbled four ways from Sunday. And uh, in the end, poor old Moses had to create something out of nothing. Unfortunately, had to pull back a little bit marginally on Darius Boyd. He gets the sin bin. The Broncos get the points under the post and they win the game. Crazy well, finish. The try for Joe Offen and Gow to score under the goalpost and make it 20 all, which was created by Roberts, he hadn't been getting open space all day, no. all night. And and when you, and it, 
it's great work by Wayne Bennett to realise that it, and it's a really good trademark play of James Roberts. If he's not getting space that he can try and stand up his opposition player, he comes back on an angle and gets someone just to turn him back on an angle, running back towards the middle of the field where he just uses his speed and he skips across the defensive line looking for one yep. lazy defender and then he attacks that defender. And he did that last night. He wasn't getting space, so he tried to create it for himself. And the fact that he can do that after 75 minutes exactly. shows you why he is an ever Cody Nicarim was the one that brought it into play. T- ran across, turned him under, and then he ran back towards the middle of the field. That's where Joe Offen and Gow scores. And then there was nothing happening. No. In the try, just be, the penalty just before full time, nothing happening at all. They just tossed it to James Roberts and said, "Hey, just do something." <laughs> and so he makes a little bit of a break and and then just hoists this floater into the air. And, and being there live and watching it, which you wouldn't have seen on TV, it was a horrible kick. Mm. It was twisting and turning and floating and you know, bobbled up and then it bobbled down. And Mozambique had no chance of catching it. You got to take your head off to Darius Boyd because if he doesn't chase it. There's no penalty given. Now, the big argument and the controversy of last night's game or Thursday night's game is is that um, it should have been a penalty. The, the footage shows that Mo Zumbai attempts to push Darius Boyd out. The contact is marginal at best. It wasn't going to stop him, and no. it doesn't deviate his run. No. When Darius Boyd gets up and acts like Jesus on the cross and puts his hands out <laughs> where's pleading, the, where's the pleading for the penalty... <laughs> It wasn't. He wasn't pleading the Moses Zumbai. I don't even think he knew that Moses Zumbai pushed him. No. I think it was the contact that he made. I think it was with Marcelo Montoya. Uh, that as, he as was. Both players were almost going to ground. Yeah, to, that he to, was to pleading for it. Yep. But when you look at the replay, Umbai does try to attempt to push him. So the intent is there. I'll, I'll tell you what I liken it to. If I'm ta- if I'm taking a hit up, if I'm taking a hit up on the on the on the field, I catch the ball, and then I get tackled. And a guy just comes in with a swinging arm and just swings his arm and completely misses me and yep. goes over the top of my head. That's a penalty. Oh, really? That can be a penalty, absolutely. Even if no contact's made. Yeah. Oh. Because the intent was there to okay. to perform an illegal act. Yeah. To knock your head off. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you can see players that are, that are. Like Billy Slater always goes to try and. Or he used to always try and save tries by sliding his knees. Yeah, and that's right. I remember that. They changed the rule yeah, because of that, didn't they? Exactly. Penalty given because mm. you're in the end. You're in the act of possibly creating an illegal act. Yeah. So. Um, and hurting yourself. I at think the same they made time. the right call, yeah. but there was a call in the second half where Jermaine Asako dropped a bomb. It was a knock-on, blatant knock-on, yeah. 10 metres out from his try line. He actually gave himself up. He was actually willing to feed the ball well, for like, the Bulldogs into stopped, the scrum. They <laughs> And the referees went play on. Yeah. That field position wasn't given to the Bulldogs. Now, their attack tells us they probably wouldn't have scored, yep. but they need to be given the opportunity. Controversial finish, but the Broncos win it 22-20. to 20. Just before we get to our great debate, let's have a listen to some of the highlights. The pick of the action with Brent and Speed, Brent Tate, Gary Belcher and our man Scotty Sattler at Suncorp Stadium last night. Woods gets into dummy half. His service for four and they go out to Hopawati's side. Embai joins the line. Moses Embai opens them up. They're in here. The Dogs. First try of the night. And it's for the man making his NRL debut. Reese Martin. What a moment for him. He's had to wait until he turned 25 to make his NRL debut. And here he is, the Papua New Guinea international, putting it down for the first points of the night. Five minutes in, it's 4-0. The dogs play it on the last. They're keeping it in the hands for now. Four and little chip in behind. How's the bounce? Oh, Boyd slipped and left it behind. The dogs have it. They're going to score here, surely. Montoya, Montoya gets it away to Frawley. They're over. So the slip from Darius Boyd leads to more points for the Dogs. 
They lead 12-6, kick to come. It's a straightforward one as well. And I'll be witnessing a big upset tonight here at Suncorp. Well, very rarely do we see Darius Boyd come up with any mistakes when taking possession of the ball in the backfield, but it's just a basic rubber through the line. He'll play it on the last while Sims, right in front of the post. They go to Milford, through the hands. Oh. Great footwork, Alex Glenn, off the flat pass from Milford. They've got the first try of the second half at the Broncos. It's 14-10 with a straightforward kick to come, thanks to Bryden's lawyers protecting your future. So Holland is out there now in the number 17 jumper in the dummy half role as Marshall King is given a well-earned rest. So that's why he's on the bench, Kerrit Holland. He's giving Marshall King a chomp out. Hoppawati is through, fends off Milford. He's got support as well, Hoppawati. Over the 30, kick back inside, looking for Holland. Oh, the oh. bounce! It favoured Kerrit Holland. They've been bamboozled again, the Broncos. And it's going to be a converted try for the Dogs. They're going to lead this 20-14, to 14, thanks to Bryden's lawyers protecting your future. Kerrit Holland's only been out there a matter of minutes. He's got a try, and it's a contender for the Maxis Tyres' maximum performance try of the year. We're wondering why they had Kerrit Holland on the bench. He got pushed by Embi oh, as he's chasing he? oh, no, the I'm ball. Look, I'm looking at Hoppawati. Oh, yeah. On the car sales replay, watch Embi push... Boyd in the back. It's he only pushed, a little nudge, but that's enough. towards the ball. But it's still a push. You're not allowed to do that, are you? I think he's just going to... Is he pushing him or is he running? Oh, he's tried to grab his shoulder. That, that cost him a chance at a try. No. I reckon you won't get a penalty try, but you'll get a penalty and they can win the game. It's a big call, but that has to be a penalty. I think a penalty's right. I think referee explaining right. it to Josh Jackson right now. The Bulldogs up in arms. They've got this right, the bunker. Despite... The expert comments yep. from Scott Sapper and Gary Belcher. I'm overruling you and the buck referees. Oh, now we're going to punch in the kidneys for it as well. <laughs> oh. And it's ten minutes as well for Moses Embi. It'll what? only be a minute in he the bench. He touched him on the shoulder. It's a professional fouler. Oh. Oh. Is that a professional foul? He ran, he ran across in front Are of him. Are you sure him. you weren't a referee in your, your oh. last life? Boyd as well, thinking, oh, I can't let him score a try after I've let it bounce. I think Boyd was blowing up Ten seconds left. from not Mbai, but the other Bulldogs player. Asako letting the clock tick, and why not? To win the game. Right next to the uprights, Jermaine Asako. Listen to the roar at Suncorp. They have snatched it on the bell. The Broncos into the eight. They've trailed pretty much all night, and they win it right at the death. It's a controversial call. The Bulldogs fans will be citing the arguments from Scott Sattler and Gary Belcher, <laughs> but the referee had to give a penalty there, and yep. did, and Asako wins the game at the death. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Righto, well, time for a great debate here, uh, Sats. And uh, this is for Kubota, diesel generators who provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Get a couple of minutes here, and it's as much a great debate, but almost a case of, well, what would you do if you were in his shoes? Trent Barrett, he's been uh, obviously front and centre to a, a lot of the issues going on, both on and off the field at Manly in recent weeks. There are whispers around that he has considered leaving the job, leaving the post. Apparently has spoken to his players and said that's not the case. He's here for the long haul. 
Whether that means the end of the season or beyond, we're not sure. But if you were in Trent Barrett's shoes, Scott Sattler, would you be walking with what's going on and all of the drama? He can't really seemingly focus on his primary job, and that is coaching his football club. Yeah, well, there's a story by James Hooper in uh, Fox Sports uh, about probably 24 hours ago where he basically says why Trent Barrett may have to no choice but to walk away from the Seagulls. And... When that happens, it usually means that you've lost the dressing room. Yeah, that that whole saying, you've lost the dressing Mm -hmm. room. You've lost the respect of the playing group. We know that's not the fact with Trent Barrett. One, as a player, he was a tremendous player. He was a great player, Trent Barrett, one of the great 5'8s of the modern era. He was big. he He was aggressive. He was strong. He was quick. And he was a tremendous rugby league player. And he was resilient as well. And I don't see Trent Barrett under any circumstances, walking away from his dream job, which is coaching an NRL team, which if he did, he would expose himself this so early in his coaching career that he has no spine and can't handle pressure. And that's not Trent Barrett. Mm. Trent Barrett, is, is that's not his makeup. So if I was Trent Barrett, what would I do? My biggest job at the moment is there's obviously a fracture in the playing group or there's some dishonesty in the playing group. And I don't know where that dishonesty comes from. And now I want to date back a couple of weeks now to where Trent Barrett confronted the media, Benny. We all saw that where he came out and said about more or less about Jackson Hastings and I'm not going to play him in first grade. He's more or less a nuisance to the playing group for, for a lesser of a term. Yep. And players have come to me with their concerns and, and we need to address those as a playing group And but Jackson will not be part of the first grade group. Yada, 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 yada. We heard it all. Mm. Then two days later we see players coming out saying, no, I've got no problems with Jackson. You know, I, I don't mind playing with him. Yeah. So more or less they've thrown Trent Barrett under a bus or or the argument is Trent Barrett has gone to the media with his press conference without all the information and maybe his information is only based on two or three senior players that are that believe that they're speaking on behalf of the whole group yeah, right. and only speaking on behalf of themselves. Sats, in 2018, I don't know if this ever happened in your playing days at any of the clubs that you represented, are we in a position where you could just say, right, Enough's enough. Line in the sand, if you will. We're going to get all the players, all the staff, coaches, assistants, even the board. I'm not sure if they need to be with this. Yeah, sit sit around, get a bunch of plastic chairs in a circle, and right this this is your this is your forum honesty session. If you've got a problem, if someone's given you the Bristol bits, tell us right now. None of this behind the scenes stuff, whispers in the corridors. Let's just get it all out in the open. And if there are issues that need to be resolved, we probably won't get them done today, but at least we can get them out there in the air so we know exactly how everyone feels. Can we do that in 2018 or is everyone just a little bit too sensitive? Everyone's a little bit too sensitive and and with you know, with the links that players have got to the media these days, which is not a bad thing. Even it's if it's got, directly or via managers yeah, and the like. Yeah, it's just got to be handled correctly. Yep. You can't, you can't trust that that information is not going to get out. Fair okay? point. Which, again, creates a divide and a yep. trust within your playing group. You're always learning as a coach. You're always learning as a player. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, Wayne Bennett would still be learning mm. about you know, current-day players and how you handle their personalities. Trent Barrett, still so early in his, in his coaching career, would be learning that he's got to have trust and faith in his playing group, but he's also got to juggle certain players completely differently with what, what information they give or what information he receives. There's a really good saying, the, a really good sporting mentor uh, used, his name is Brian Fitzpatrick, works with a lot of the, the Australian hockey roos, and he always says, don't stab me in the back, stab me in the front. Yeah, yeah. And right. when you talk about your honesty sessions, yep. and we had one in 2001 at the Penrith Panthers, mm. where they got the whole playing group, the whole 30 
players, sat them in the boardroom and said, okay, we're going to go around one by one and you tell us, well, do you believe the coach should be the coach in yeah, the coming right. years? Yep. Speak now, forever hold your peace kind yeah, of setup. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. it was confronting. Yeah. And I didn't like it because because I would just feel as though the coach is the coach that you, you play for. Yep. Whoever the coach is, you just play for them. So in this day and age, would it work? I'm not quite yeah. sure it would. Trent Barrett will, is always learning, but I think Trent Barrett is the right man for that role and is the reason why he should stay there. Nice work. Great debate. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Quick break here on Off the Bench. Up next, we'll get a preview of a big episode of The Driver's Seat, which is coming up this weekend, and the all-important Round 9 tips, what's left of the weekend from our man Scotty Sattler. It's coming up for you shortly. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and First Choice Liquor. Welcome back to Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Hey, uh, we've got a big weekend coming up in motorsports and uh, the boys from the driver's seat, Steve Johnson and Matty McKeldon, are all across it. Before we tell you who's coming up on this week's show, last week, Dave Reynolds, their special guest, and after four rounds, he's sitting second on the points table going into the Perth Super Sprint, which is this weekend. It's been a great year for Reynolds and his racing team, and uh, the boys caught up with him to talk about just how exciting and fun 2018 has been today. Let's have a listen to that. For Kubota Construction Equipment, it delivers power and performance. Speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen. It feels to me from the outside, Davey, that that you as an individual are leading this team really well and you're all pulling in the same direction and you're building a team around you. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's a really nice thing to say, but I actually don't see myself as a leader. I'm just a Another small cog in a in a larger gearbox that works, you know, in sync and all together. So, you know, I'm not, I'm just a very small part of it. But um, you know, we we all have a passion for racing. We have a passion for winning. We want to win. And where we at Erebus, we're slightly different. We're we're not like the normal corporate that go. <laughs> we're, we're individuals, and we just we actually just have a good time, laugh, and you know, we're always positive. If something happens, we just we don't blame, point fingers. We just we get on with it and try and not let, not not make mistakes. I know, I know exactly where you're coming good from. Fun. Another huge show this Sunday on the driver's seat. Uh, coming up with the boys, it's seven-time Supercars champion Jamie Wincup who will join them on the show. You can catch the latest episode on Facebook at Driver's Seat Show, and they're doing it for Kubota Ag Equipment. This is the life. You can also join the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter by heading to Off The Bench Crew. Quick break, and we'll come back, wrap things up with Sats tips for Big Four Holiday Parks as Round 9 rolls on right here on Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. Welcome back to the program. We're powered by Kubota and their diesel generators providing reliable constant backup power you need when you need it. And first choice liquor for all of your liquor needs. Time for some tips. The remainder of round nine. Let's get them from Scotty Sattler. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. And we're doing it for Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au for your next holiday location. Check out the websites. They are pretty much everywhere right around Australia where you want to go with the family and friends. 
best place to book with Big Four. Let's get into it, Sats. Uh, let's start with tonight's game. Uh, Penrith, yep. we've spoken about it extensively. Uh, they take on the Cowboys, do or die, now or never, call it what you will, your old side. At Bathurst, good track record there. Are they going to continue that uh, that form line? I think they will, only because even though they've still got a lot of injuries, um, I still think they've got too many points in them where the cows, they're really struggling to score points. Uh, you know, I keep saying, I think Jonathan Thurston can't play so close to the play of the ball anymore. I think he's got to be one one player out, two passes wide. So mm-hmm. you get, yeah, the older you get, the slower you get. Yep, You don't lose that. You don't lose that quickness between the ears, but you do with the legs. So he needs to get to give himself a little bit more space. Um, but I don't think they've got enough points in them. And uh, I think the Panthers will win this you know, comprehensively. Three big games Saturday. Let's uh, wind through those. And we'll start with the Raiders and the Titans. Uh, the Raiders should have beaten the Titans comfortably when they met early on in the season. Yeah. Because famously, uh, they just stopped at about the 70-minute mark. And the Titans went bang, bang, bang and won an incredible game. Uh, this one in Canberra, not expecting a repeat, are we? No, I don't think so. I, I, I like what the Raiders are doing. It's, you know, they beat the cows last week, but it wasn't about how they played with the ball in their hand, Benny. It was about how they defended. They defended their line so resiliently. Uh, they absorbed a lot of pressure and, and withstood a lot of pressure and, and were able to come back and score some some really handy tries on the back of their, their really good defense. So I don't think the Titans are going to trouble them. Uh, Garth Brennan has still remained with uh, Bryce Cartwright at number six. It didn't work last week. I'd be surprised if he goes with it again, even though he's named him there. Yep. But um, it's not working, that. Two sides that have been fantastic to start the season two months in. The Warriors take on the Tigers. Thoughts here, Sats? Yeah, Sean Johnson back for the Warriors uh, at Mount Smart Stadium. Tigers have back-to-back losses. Close ones, yeah. Yeah, close losses. But I think you can learn a lot from really hard-fought losses. I think the Tigers... I think the Tigers might beat the Warriors, and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors respond to that 50-point shellacking from the, the Melbourne Storm on yeah. Anzac Day. I think the Warriors, as I said earlier on, are one of the sides that can win the comp this year, one of four, I think, but you've got to go through some humps and some bumps until you can do that. Yep. Uh, the Sharks and the Eels. Eels have won two in a row, and yep. the Sharks are battling on manfully, considering the injuries they're yeah. uh, suffering at the moment. Yeah, key injuries. Luke Lewis, Paul Gallon not playing, just to name a couple. Um, but, yeah, I think the Eels have got a sniff now. Doubleheader Sunday, and if this one doesn't get your uh, mouth watering, then you might as well go and watch another sport because it should be an absolute cracker. The Dragons take on the Storm. Uh, these are two sides that now, as we look two months into the season, some are suggesting this might be an early grand final preview. Well, the Dragons beat the Storm in every facet of the game, all statistics at the moment this time of year. And I think Paul Greger has replicated the way the Storm played in 2017. Yep. The Storm... They used the ball. They threw the ball more than any other team in the competition. And that's exactly what the, the Dragons are doing. They haven't got Jesse Bromwich, but a big out for Storm. Playing at Jubilee at Cogra, their spiritual home ground. I think the Dragons win it. Uh, and it's going to be a, a great game. I think I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but it's still going to be a really fast-paced, intense match. And to wrap up the weekend, with everything going on at the Seagulls, you would think the Roosters uh, by how far, but they haven't been overly convincing this season, obviously with huge raps coming into the 2018 campaign. That said, Scott Sattler, Roosters, Seagulls, to see out the weekend, your thoughts? I'm part of the minority. I think the the Seagulls will answer everything that's happened in the last week or two weeks. Because you are right, the Roosters haven't been great. Mm. They haven't impressed me at all, the Roosters. They're very clunky in attack, finding it hard to get their combinations right, and um, and they've got no thrust out of dummy half. So, uh, whereas I think the Manly Warringah Seagulls, they do. They've got thrust out of dummy half. They've got a smart halfback. Their halfback in there 
and their lock and their fullback have all got a really good combination going. So I think the Manly may cause an upset. There you go. Wow. Uh, Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. This has been Off the Bench, powered by Kubota. Thanks to First Choice Liquor for all of your liquor needs, of course. We'll catch you same time next week. And Scotty Sattler will do likewise. See you then.